Blog Talk Radio. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome, and uh, I'm glad that I'm here with my dad, Gene. Gene, and uh, I know you got a special show for us today and, uh, and some great knowledge about God. Here's our buddy and our friend. So share with us what you got, Dad, and what are we going to talk about? Manna, I think, but I hope I'm right. That's what I wrote about when I did the show description. So what well, are we talking about? It's always a pleasure to talk about God. And uh, I opened the door for Manna uh, to a devotion of mine, and then I talked about it last week, and I had so many responses for that. People would say, what is Manna? Knowledge, it's it's amazing what what a Manna is, but I want to define the Manna, and then I'll discuss part of it with God, and then from there on out, I'll leave it up to the listener to to uh, research it. Manna is sometimes spelled M-A-N-A, but it's really M-A-N-N-A. It's an edible substance which God provided for Israelites during their travel in the desert, during the 40 years period following the Exodus and prior to the conquest of Canaan. Now, why... Uh, why did they spend 40 years in the desert? As you well know, or some know, some can't, don't know, but the 40 years in the desert was caused by the Israelites themselves. It should have taken about uh, maybe two months to come to the, the conquest of uh, Canaan, but it took 40 years. Why? Because of their sins and unbelief and so many happenings, you know. People gripe and carry on, and they just, they, they're horrible. I don't know how Moses did that. I mean, well, he had the grace of God more than me, because I couldn't I couldn't handle it. But he listened to their gripes, and he listened, they saw their sin, and they, he broke the Ten Commandments that God wrote himself with his own finger and a stone. Moses, got, Moses was really a man of faith. Moses put up with the children of Israel, Two million of them. You know, that, that can be researched, but uh, it's estimated over two million people left Israel to start across a two-month venture to, to Canaan. Two months turned into 40 years because of their sins. The manna, according to the Bible, is an edible substance which God provided for the Israelites during the travels in the desert during the 40 years of period following the exodus and prior to the conquest of Canaan. It is mentioned in the Koran, so three times. In the Hebrew Bible, manna is described twice. Exodus 6, 1 through 36, with a full narrative surrounding it. Once again, num- Numbers 11, 1 through 9, as part of the separate narrative. Exodus states that the Israelites consumed manna for 40 years, starting from the 15th day of the second month and more. And they, they, they ate this substance every day for 40 plus years. Now, there's a lot of questions about manna, and there's a lot of been research about manna. But you remember that the Bible. This is manna fail. And what is manna? It didn't go into it. 
but historians, what is what is manna? And they, the historians have researched manna. And in the Bible, the substance the substance miraculously supplied as food for Israelites, an unexpected gratuitous benefit. The cakes were. The cakes were manna from the heavens. In Christian context, spiritual nourishment, especially the Eucharist, a secret, sweet secretion for manna as ash or, or a similar plant used as a mild laxative and a principle of sources of medicine. What is manna? Going to go through it briefly. Manna is the miracle in the wilderness. Remember now, for 40 years they traveled in the desert because of their sins, and God had to feed them from heaven with manna. When the Israelites fled Egypt over 400 years, of, after 400 years of slavery, and spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness before the end of the promised land, during this time, God provided a substance for them each and every day in the form of quail meat and manna. Manna basically is a word that means what it is, a bread-like substance that fell from heaven and then, and that tasted like honey. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. The Israelites would go out, collect a daily portion of manna each day, and ensuring that to get a devil portion before the Sabbath, so they didn't work for their food on the Sabbath. If they grabbed too much or too little, they suffered the consequences. So as a matter of faith, they went out and got this. But if they got too much, it would spoil. If they got too little, well, they got hungry until the next day. An exercise in trusting God's provision. The Israelites ate this bread of heaven throughout their several decades stay in the wilderness. We see manna first introduced in Exodus 16, right before this, the Israelites complained to Moses. I always complain. Say, he brought us them out of the desert to die with no food and substance. When they grumble and say, and, and say their days in slavery, Egypt was better, God provides food and doesn't let them go hungry. Numbers 11.8 describes what the Israelites did with this bread from the heaven. They made it into cakes and boiled it and ground it in the flour. Deuteronomy 8.3 says, When Jesus later, quotes, When tempted by Satan mentioned these provisions from God, also mentions that a man does not live by bread alone. Even if we fulfill his physical needs, we have spiritual needs as well. And that's what I want to talk to you later on. The spiritual needs is compared with manna. John 6.38 makes mention of manna as well as it, as well. He says that even though manna filled the physical needs of Israelites, it didn't prevent death. On the other hand, the bread of life, Jesus, prevents spiritual death. Psalms 78.23-25 calls manna the bread of angels. This, this manna appeared to fall from the sky like snow. In other songs, 105, Psalms 105, 40, 
talks about how God cared for the needs of Israelites in the wilderness. Apart from Jesus, quoting the Deuteronomy passages and John passages that passages above mentioned by them, we don't see any terms pop up in the New Testament. However, Jesus makes it, does make an emphasis on the bread about through his ministry. He primarily refers himself as the bread of life and explains that we need the true bread from heaven for our spiritual survival. In other words, Jesus compared himself to manna. So manna was for food to eat. Mine is spirituality. You eat my bread, you will never die spiritually. He died on the cross for us. He took our sins, took the sins of the world. And when you believe on that, you have life for eternity. Jesus also breaks bread during the last supper and says his body would be broken to us. Because of his name and what it is, we don't exactly know the contents of it. We know it's sweet. It looks like white coriander seeds. Some have conjectured it was made from a, made from a sweet beetle cocoon that grows in the green leaves grows on green leaves in the desert plant. However, we do not keep in mind, however, we do have to keep in mind that not all scientific explanations fully fit the narratives found in the Old Testament and New Testament. For instance, scientists tried to form a natural explanation of the ten plagues of Egypt, which appears to be clearly supernatural phenomenon. Also in this narrative, God stops manna in Joshua 5.12 as soon as they eat the food in the promised land. Either all these poor beetles died out in one day or we need an alternate explanation. We don't know. In either case, we technically have something similar listed in the article above. If this is true to manna, we may never know. He almost he humbled himself for the Bible. He humbled himself, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which either, which neither you nor your ancestors have known to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Where did manna come from? In the Bible, we have two types of manna. Both came from God and heaven alone. We discuss, we discuss in this section. We have the physical manna, the edible manna, that Israelites ate in the desert, as mentioned in this article. We don't know the physical chemical compound manna. We can hazard the scientific explanation, but sometimes the way the Old Testament authors use images may be different than now than how we describe the describe out of heaven. For instance, we observe from Ezekiel describing angels that we may have no way to wrap our mind around all the eyes and the wheels. I mean, that's amazing when Ezekiel saw all these things. I can't get involved with that. That's uh, on the river there. He saw it, which we think was a helicopter, but we don't know. And we have the second type of man, the bread of life, Jesus. Jesus comes to us in the women. This space between here and heaven and provides us with the true substance we need. We need him the bread of life to spiritually survive. Jesus 
constantly walk or talk about manna. And his manna was food to eat. His, he was manna. That was the substance of spirituality. We need him. We can try to describe Jesus, but Jesus is far more complex than a human explanation, just like manna. We come up short and end up with what is it? God provides the manna we need. God set manna for a few reasons during the Israelites' time in the desert. First and most practically, he wanted to meet the physical needs. They didn't have any options for food in the wilderness. They began to think that God led them out into a death trap. God provided food for them to show he meets their needs even when the substance seems most dire. Secondly, God wants Israelites to practice trust and obedience. And they had to have trust. They had to have faith that the next day would come manna. You know, when manna fell, the Israelites picked it up, too much manna on the some days, and it robbed them of kids full of maggots. So they can only pick up so much. Other Israelites don't obey God's command to collect double portions on the Sabbath and end up hungry on the Sabbath because man didn't fall that day. God keeps his word. Six days you work, seven you'll obey and, and worship God in the, in the, in the, on the Sabbath. I live with a family of Jews right now because that's where God put me. And every Friday night, they practice Shabbat, which is the day before the Sabbath. They're not supposed to work on Saturday. They do a Shabbat on Friday, and on Saturday they're supposed to be worship God. Well, they don't do it, but God provided manna and a way to rely fully on him. He provided manna, and the Israelites had fresh grain and supply nearby. They wouldn't really care about God's provisions. But they had a few options in the wilderness. So they had to exercise trust that God provide every day, the next day, the same way he had the day before. Thirdly, God wanted to foreshadow the most important manna from heaven, Jesus. Although he provided the physical needs of the Israelites, he knew that they alone, with all of mankind, needed a permanent and temp- not temporary solution spiritual brain. God provides by the way of Jesus ministering through his death the resurrection because of the bread of life we no longer hunger because of the bread of life we have a chance to live what is manna for Christians today as I mentioned before we need spiritual bread although God does provide our physical needs we need far more than our physical bread alone. We need the bread of life to survive. So it's all about Jesus. I don't mean to say it flippantly. We need Jesus in our life. He is our bread of life to survive. Also, God may sometimes place us in the wilderness. What do you mean God places in the wilderness? Well, you know, get out of the relationship with God. And you'll find out that God is a place for you. We rely, rely too much on our abilities to own a bread, metaphorically sin, that we've forgotten from whom all good gifts come. God provides all. 
During, during such times, we need to exercise trust and obedience. Maybe God has placed us in a financial, unstable situation. We still trust to tithe, knowing he'll provide for us. No matter what case, we are always in the wilderness until we reach heaven. In other words, you're here working for God if you're a Christian. Whether we whether we are in dire need of bread or have provisions, we haven't reached the proper time yet. During this in-between here and not yet period, traveling on earth, we have to trust God and the Lord and obey him. Are you obeying God today? We need to trust in the bread of life, the true manna, for our physical sense and spiritual well-being. Hope Bellinger is a multi-published novelist and a graduate of Taylor University, professional writing program. More than 1,200 of her works have been featured in the various publications ranging from Writer's Digest to Keys for Kids. She worked for numerous first agents and magazines. And her inspiration in adult romance, Picture Perfect, released in November 20th. Find out more about her. We must always look for new writers, new things. But the Hebrew context is we have to listen to God. We have to know God. We have to understand God. God is, is simple yet complex. And you mean that, Gene? Well, God knows everything. God controls everything. He doesn't control us. He lets us control ourselves. He gives us guidance by the Word of God. You know, I had people say to me, they don't read the Bible at all. They have never studied the Bible. I'll give you a testimony. There's a period of my life, and I've lived an unusual life. I don't mean to brag about it, but God has protected me and brought me here this far when I, in essence, should be dead. I know this because I've been airplane crashes. I've fricked cars. I've turned end over end down the mountain. I have had guns drawn on me. I'm not a bad guy, but I have put myself in a position where I should be dead. But you know what? God protected me. Why? I'm not sure. But I believe it's because he wanted me to teach you, to share with you, to understand you, and help you in our way of life. In John 6, let me go there for a second. John 6. John 6, verse 48. I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness, and are dead. This bread, which comes down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. That's right. If you believe in Christ, Christ becomes your steadfast and your one, one and all. You know, when you eat of that bread, Christ, you will not die spiritually. I'll use them to the grave in this normal body, but you will be resurrected and delivered with him in heaven. And that's wonderful. I mean, religions can promise you that you will be resurrected, this body, 
our soul will be resurrected to live with God forever. That this is a bread that converted comes down from heaven. That man may die, eat, and therefore not die. And I am the living bread which comes down from heaven. If any man eats of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give him is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. You know, this is true. Christ had brought to this earth a God himself. And he, was a brother, he brought as a baby. Mother was the creator. The Holy Spirit was her, was the father. And out of this, from a virgin called Mary, out of this came a little baby called Jesus. And he was brought to this earth to live, to show us that we have to live and trust in him. There's no sin found in him. He was God himself. And verse 52 says, The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How is it? How can this man give us his place to eat? They're always, they're always griping, carrying on. How can this man give us his, his flesh to eat? When Jesus was talking about, you believe in Christ, you believe in me, and you'll have bread of life. you live forever. How do, you be, how do you get the bread of Christ? Do you know the Holy Spirit, which is part of Christ, which is part of God? The Holy Spirit will convict you in your heart, in your study, in your stomach. There's a period that, that says, I have to do something. How many of you today are studying that I want to do something. I want to live for God, but how do I do it? Just simply say, God, I love you. I want you to give me from my sins. Some say that I don't have sin. I was talking to a guy the other day. He said, I don't have any sin. I'm a good guy. You are? He says, yes, I'm a good guy. I give and I don't take from anybody. I'm still. You're a good guy, right? You have no evil thoughts. Well, sure, I have some of you but I don't, I don't, I, I just, he couldn't believe that he was sin. What is sin? Not studying about God. Not believing in God. Believing that God created the earth. I have a friend here in this community that I live. They said, I don't believe in God. I believe in myself. That's a great deal of faith. You have a lot of faith. No, I don't have that faith, Gene. I don't have faith at all. I just believe and believe and believe. Well, you must believe in something. How can this miraculous brain of yours, assuming it's miraculous, but how can this miraculous brain believe all these you say? Do you think it happened by the Great Bang Theory? Well, sure. Well, that's faith. You have faith. No, I don't have faith. See, you might even look at yourself. Have faith that God created everything. There is a God. And God longs to have you worship him. Worship God? Yes, worship God. Because he gave his son to walk on this earth for 33 years and then down the cross that we might be saved. You know, I had a brother. I had four brothers. But I had one of the brothers that climbed up the 
Rugged Hills are Ethiopia, not Ethiopia, Timothy. Had guns firing him, bullets tore through his flesh. They said, a witness said, the witness said that you could see almost the blood come out of his body when he was shot. But he kept climbing until he reached the summit. He threw his anger maids and cetera into the into the battle. He lost his life, but he won the lives of twenty eight men. You know, I feel very grateful for that. But you know, God, Christ did the same thing except more. He died for the entire world. He didn't know you. He didn't he didn't have to know you. He died so that you can look at him, God. And you can look at Christ. And he said, Thank you, God. Thank you, Christ, for dying for me. You know, I uh I I looked at God one day and I said, God, please, please save me. Lord, my brother, got a silver star. What did Christ get? He got resurrected by God. He looked at his disciples and he said, I'm going away, but I'll send you a comfort to be with you. Who is that comfort? The Holy Spirit. You must look at God, knowing that God will save you and live with you forever. And then in your death, he will turn you over and bring you back to him and have the greatest fear of your life. You live eternity with God forever and ever. So today, I ask you, whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood shall have eternal life. Will you participate with God and believe in Christ, he died for you. He was, he's our manna from heaven. Manna that the Israelites eat in that 40 years is bread, and they died. Manna we eat is Christ. We live forever. We have eternity with Christ. Today is your day. Today is our day for us to live for Christ and be with him in eternity, when our time on earth is here. We get this moral, unnatural body. We get a new soul, new body, and we live for Christ forever. When we eat his blood, drink his blood, and eat his flesh. That's our God. That's all I got, folks. Manna is from God. Manna is from the bread of life. Manna is Christ himself. You'd be willing to die. Would you be willing to die for the world? Brother, my, my brother died for 28 Marines. God died for the world. He fought the devil and won. He lives forever. See, that's all I got. Well, that's great. Thank you, Dad. Uh, I appreciate that, what you said about uh, about the bread of life in Jesus. And uh, what a great 
What a great uh, analogy there. Thank you. Um, I have no questions. And uh, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Well, they can call me. Uh, don't, don't get my phone out of the phone. But I get, let's suppose, I get about, uh, I don't know, maybe 300 emails a day. Well, obviously, I can't answer everyone, but I'll try to answer them. If you, when you do an email and you ask for my phone number, I'll give you my phone number. But uh, I, I can be found at Colonel Abbott 366 at gmail.com. Colonel Abbott. 366 at gmail.com. Email me, and I'll be more than happy to talk to you if I can reach you. As I said, I have about uh, 5,000 visitors a day. I have 5,000 friends. They come and go, but I have about 5,000 friends. Sometimes sometimes I can't put any more on. Right now, I think it's full. But they come and go. But I'll be happy to talk to anybody give you my phone number and my in my essence everything that I have. I wrote a book about myself. I hated to say that, but God laid in my heart to write a book and you can find the book on the uh, eBay not eBay uh what what's that other uh what's that other key? Amazon I wrote the book. Yeah, Amazon, thank you. I wrote my I wrote a book about Myself, and you can find it on Amazon. Uh, it's under the title Gene Abbott, and you can. Uh, I think it's about seven or eight dollars, and you can find out how I lived. I lived an ungodly life, and yet God reached it down His self, His hand, and He saved me. And I trust in Him. Amazon has the book under Gene, and. Uh, you can see you can you can email me. I'm on Facebook under Gene Abbott. They can email me under Abbott Colonel Abbott three six six at gmail dot com and look for if you want to reach me, reach me and I'll be happy to talk to you. That's it. Well, everybody, have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you next Friday. And uh, thank you, Dad, for that. That was wonderful. I appreciate it. I know people are texting me saying they're listening to it. So um, anyway, uh, so good deal. All right, uh, everyone, take care. Have a wonderful day, as I just said, and we'll see you next Friday. Take care. Bye, Dad. Bye-bye. Thank you.